Thank you so much, worship teams, for leading us at our campuses. We want to welcome everybody at our Grayson campus. We want to welcome everybody watching online as well, and everybody in the house. Thank you guys for coming, hanging out with us today. Man, do we have a crazy, crazy, crazy September jam-packed. It's very busy. Uh, no pun intended. You'll catch that just in a moment. But it's very busy. We have a new series kicking off. Next week, we have group launch. We have a baptism. We, we have communion coming up. We have tribal wards. We have college night. I mean, there are so much things happening in September, and we're super excited about it. We're so thankful for all the people who got baptized last uh, Sunday. My, my daughter and I, we were actually swimming, and while we were swimming, we were in this pool. We were in a pool swimming, and uh, she said, Daddy, she goes, come here and baptize me. I said, okay, let's do it. And she goes, why did everybody get baptized today at church? She's only six. And I was like, I was like, well, here's what that means. And we talked about it. And she's been asking my wife questions a lot here lately and all this stuff. And uh, she said, Daddy, I don't want to go to that devil place. Dad, I don't go to that devil place. And I said, well, you don't have to go to that devil place. And uh, so that night I had an opportunity to lead my daughter to the Lord. It was so awesome. So it was so much fun. And, and as a parent, that's one of the most exciting things you see when your children start, you know, want to make a decision to follow Jesus. And so it was so awesome. And I told her, she says, okay, I'm ready to be baptized right now. I said, okay, let's do it. And then I said, we'll do it again at the end of the month of September in front of everybody and so everybody can see that you uh, gave your life to Jesus. She's super excited about it. We got that coming up here at the end of the month as well. And it's just gonna be a busy time. In fact, I've noticed this. I know we've come off an unprecedented year where people kind of been locked up and cooped up and now they're out. But I've seen people now, they're busier than ever. I mean, busy, 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 busier than ever. In fact, a lot of people wear business as a badge of honor, right? Like if you talk to somebody, like, how are things going? Just busy. Like, it's just busy. I mean, what do you, what's our alternative? Hey, how are things going? I'm just lazy. <laughs> just lazy. No, nothing's going on. Right? We don't want people to think we're lazy. So we say that we are busy. In fact, we are so busy. Like, for instance, like, this is how you know you're busy. Don't raise your hand. Please, dear Lord, don't raise your hand. But how many of you, like, this morning, you got, like, into an argument on the way to church because you're late and you're in a hurry, right? Like, you wasn't, there was no margin, so you were just in a hurry and you kind of got in an argument. You don't have to raise your hand. For all you holy people out here, you know what I'm talking about. For those, if you go grocery shopping, like we do this when we go grocery shopping, we have like, you know, we have self-checkout. Of course, you get in line. The next one, that's just the one you take. And you, you know, if you have a lot, lot of items, right, and you grocery shop, what do you do? What do you do? Come on now. Here's what you do. You begin to scan every single aisle and see how big the line is, and then you times it by how many products they have in their buggy, and then you divide that by the age of the person checking them out. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And you find and you'll whip your buggy in there and you calculate it because why? You're in a hurry, right? Everybody's in a hurry. And then because you're competitive, you secretly look over at the one you were going to choose to see if they're in front of you. Am I preaching to anybody? Come on. Is it just me? Right? That's just how we roll, right? That's just the life we're in. We are busy, busy people. And I, I hope today this really speaks to us because we really need to, to kind of slow down for a moment and put some guardrails in our life when it comes to business. Now, I'm going to tackle probably Probably the three top lies when it comes to business, and then we're going to talk about some practical steps. How do we how do we fix this? Right, it's Labor Day weekend. Some of you you have tomorrow off. Some of you don't have tomorrow off. Like, what does it look like, and that we can just not be so busy all the time? And so these are not on the screen, but if you're taking notes, there's a couple of things. These three big lies. The first big lie is this: there's never enough time. Like you says, I just don't have enough time. There's just not enough time today. 
Like there's not enough time to do everything. There's not enough time to clean the house, do laundry, get the kids to school, get the kids to practice, get home, fix dinner, get this, and then remodel something, redo something. I just don't have time to do this. Like there is not enough time in the day. You've said that. I have said that. I'm not preaching at you today. This is for all of us. Like we believe this lie that there is not enough time. And the pushback that I would give to you is there's always enough time to do exactly, watch this, what God wants you to do. You always have enough time to do what God wants you to do. So there's either two options here. Number one, you mismanage your time. And honestly, I think a lot of people, when it comes to being busy, it's just mismanaging their time. They just don't know how to manage their time wise. So there is mismanagement. But for a lot of people, watch this, it's this one. You're doing something that God never intended for you to do. And you're doing things over and over that God has never intended for you to do. So either you're mismanaging your time, if you're always busy, or you're doing something that God never intended you specifically to do. But you'll go around and you'll say these things, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time, and then you fill in the blank. I don't know if I could get there, and you fill in. This lie fuels busyness in our life. Here's the second one, and people say this all the time. Hey, it's just a season that I'm in. It's just a busy season right now, Right? Parents, we know this. Get the kids back to school. We gotta go shopping. Make sure they're in place. For your first time coming to college, you finally went from high school now to college, and now you gotta wake your own self up now. You know what I'm talking about? Welcome to the real world. And you got all this stuff, and you're busy, and parents are busy. Get everything in place. You get back to work. Now you're on a schedule. You have to make sure your time, if you're here around County, and you have three kids that go to three different schools on top of a mountain over here, you know what I'm preaching, all right? You better time it right, right? Or those tardies gonna happen. And you're just in a hurry, and it's like, this is just a season that I'm in right right now. The problem is the season never ends. And the problem is you keep saying this over and over and over to your kids. Kids, just a busy season. Hey, dad's just busy. Hey, things are just hectic right now. Hey, things are just crazy right now. Hey, I don't have time right now. I don't have enough time to do what I do. It's just a season that I'm in. And we say this over and over and over. And you may not use the exact words that this is the season, but what you're saying is we're just really busy right now. And busy, listen, busy don't have a season. <laughs> It doesn't have it. People are the reason that it's always, always busy. There's a reason and there's something behind it. And if you believe this lie, hey, it's just a season, you will always miss what God has for you because it's been over and over and over. You've been saying this for two or three years. Hey, dad, just that works. It's a busy season at work. And sometimes there are crazy things that happen. There's late night meetings you gotta get to. I, I get that. But it's over and over and over. It's just a constant busy, busy season, or you fall into this category. Hey, I can't, I can't do this right now because what daddy's gotta do, this is really, really, really important. And it may, or our mom, you say, hey, this meeting is really, really important. Everything becomes really, really important. Hey, this meeting really, really important. Hey, this, this, this event is really, really important. Hey, this birthday party, it's really, really important that we go to. Hey, this, this, this uh, extra curriculum, this is really, really, really important. If everything is really, really, really important, you are so drained and you're running on empty and when you run on empty, you don't have the discernment or the wisdom or even the intellect to even say if this is really, really important, if everything to you is really, really important. And when you say this, this is an indication that you are running on empty. And I'm gonna be honest with you, a lot of people run on fumes. They're running on empty. Why? Just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to do everything. If I just had more time, if I just had more time, I could do this. Hey, it's just a season. I'm just really busy right now. Let me get through the season. Let's get to the first of the year. Let's get to the holidays. Let us get. And what happens, you keep putting it off to someday and it never comes. Or this is really important. This is really, really, really important. Now, you don't have to raise your hand. 
But I know all of us, I'm with you, at some point use these words or use these lies to keep us from being everything that God wants us to do. And here's something, and I'm gonna get some pushback on it, and it's okay, but I'm just gonna be really just transparent with you. I believe that busy people are broken people. People who are busy all the time are broken and are trying to fill something up, they're trying to stay busy, and it could be maybe the reason why you can't say no to stuff is because you're a people pleaser, and you have to please everyone. You gotta be at every party, every event, every function, every situation, gotta go, 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 because you can't tell people no. Because what do they think about me? What if I don't show up? What if I'm not there? And so you always stay busy, and I'm telling you, busy people are broken people. They're broken emotionally, they're broken relationally, they're broken spiritually, most busy people have superficial relationships. They're on the surface because they don't have time to go deep. They don't have time to spend with you because they're always busy. They're always, always busy. And they never just stop and pause. They've caught, they could have a wounded heart that keeps them functioning all the time, being busy. But listen to me, they're trying to fill something up. And I know some of you right now, you're gonna receive that defensively because you're gonna say, hey, I'm busy, but my marriage is good, my kids are good, life is good. Listen to me, you're broken. And when we get to heaven, you'll realize that I was right on this one, okay? I'm not right on all of them, but I'm around this. Busy people are broken people. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do we put guardrails in place that we don't operate like this all the time? How do we put guardrails in place that we can fulfill our life verse here at Better Life Church? It's John 10, 10. It says, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy everything about you. He's gonna do everything he can to keep you so busy. And one of the things that the enemy is doing right now, he, and he's having a heyday with this. We have such a spirit of fear moving all over our globe. The spirit of fear, and the, and the devil is loving this. He has a spirit of fear that everybody is so afraid and everyone's so uptight, and the whole world, not just us, the whole world is scared of what's happened, and he loves it. Paul writes to Timothy that Jesus didn't give you a spirit of fear, which means this, fear is a spirit. And it's tormented, and it's doing everything it can to separate the family of God. I mean, look around. I mean, from grandkids can't, can't see grandparents, and, and kids can't see their parents, and, and the church can't be the church. And he's doing everything he can to isolate you. The spirit of fear is going to do everything he can to keep you busy and isolate you from the family of God. You know that. Look around. Doing everything he can because of the spirit of fear. And when he isolates you, he will assassinate you. As for instance, like, hey, it's time to jump in a group. Once you host a group, jump in a group. I can't. I'm busy. I got too much going on. If you've got too much going on for a community, you're probably doing something that God's not called you to do. And the reason why most of us say this is a big spirit of fear Therefore, I will not, or we cannot, and what happens, you begin to isolate yourself, and when you isolate yourself from the family of God, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, the enemy is gonna assassinate you. And this fear is running rampant all over the world. We might talk about this in November, like how do we handle it? Like it's everywhere, everyone's scared, and everybody's afraid, and Jesus says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. You don't have to be afraid. And because of that, we stay so busy, we stay so going on. We won't, we won't worship together with the family of God. So the enemy, John 10, 10, comes to steal, can destroy. But listen to what Jesus says. I'll come that you can have a real life. You don't have to be a fake no more. You don't have to please people no more. You can have a real life. You can be the real you. Quit trying to be somebody you're not. You don't have to have a fake life anymore. You have eternal life. You get to spend eternity with Jesus, as my daughter says, not in the devil place. You can have a more life, a better life than you ever dreamed of. Let me ask you this question. Does that describe you? Can you say right now, I'm living the best life ever. I'm gonna have the better life than ever. Or is it more like, man, life's just busy. It's hectic, it's crazy. I know, I know, I'll calm down. There's a season right now. There's just not enough time in the day to do everything that I need to do. We have all been there. 
And we've all have said that. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. Because let me tell you what will rob you from the better life, a busy life. A busy life. And so we need to put some guardrails in place because the truth is the busyness is a heart issue. And you've got to ask yourself this question, what is fueling me to always be busy? Dads, is it trying to climb the corporate ladder to try to reach a goal, to try to get there and say, kids, sorry, I'll get to you later. Hey, it's all right, dad will be on. I'll catch the next game. You know what, hey, we'll help you with that. Just dad's got to do this right now. It's real busy what's going on in my life right now. That's heck, it's really, 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 really important that I get this. It's really, really important that I accomplish this. To realize that someday they're already gone because you were so busy. That happens, that's real world stuff. They were always, always busy. Listen, what's filling your heart? to do everything that you do. But I'm telling you, when you admit that you're broken and that you need help with this, I need to stop being so busy and ask yourself this important question, why is this so important? And then here's what happens. You'll realize that busyness will cost you. It will cost you your health because it puts more stress on you. It will cost you your joy, your passion. It will, it will cost you from being more pro productive. In fact, you think you're busy makes you more productive, and it doesn't. It's actually counterproductive in your life to always be busy, and here's what happened. I'm telling you, if you're always a busy person, I guarantee you, I can't say guarantee, most likely you're not hearing from God, and that's because you're so busy you don't take time to hear his voice, or you're so distracted you can't know if God is speaking to you or not. So we gotta figure out how do we put guardrails in place because here's the good news. Busyness is a choice. It is your choice. You get to choose if you're gonna be busy. And busy isn't better, choosing better is better. And I'm convinced that until you learn to choose what's better, you will always be running on empty. So what do we gotta do? We gotta make some life-changing decisions. Some life-altering, changing decisions and put in some guardrails in place that will protect us, not living a busy life, but living the better life. Are you ready to get started this morning? Come on, say let's go. Don't rush me. I didn't see it if you're paying attention. All right, here we go, here we go, let's go. This is a big one I'm gonna explain to you. This is one of the big guardrails, and this is what, this is the goal. This is the aspiration. This is what we're trying to get to. And I'm gonna talk two practical ways to get to this place right here. Here's the goal. You have to learn to take a Sabbath. You have to learn, how do I take a Sabbath? Now, what in the world is a Sabbath? Like, what does that even mean? Do we even say that today? I mean, come on, what is it? What, 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 was that supposed to be in the Old Testament? What do you mean? Okay, God created the heavens, the earth, and then he rested on the seventh day. What do you mean, so is that a Saturday or a Sunday? Is the Sabbath Saturday or is it, is it a Sunday? Can it be a Tuesday? Because I'm off on Tuesdays. Like, is that, can that be my day? Like, what, is that my weekend? Like, what, what's a Sabbath? And why did God even give us a Sabbath? Well, God went to his people and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to rest. I want you to work all six days, but on the seventh day, I want you to take time to rest. Now, that was a big step of trust and faith. Why? Because every day you ate, you had to get up and go kill your food to eat it, or you had to go harvest it. So to say I'm not gonna work all day on, a, on the seventh day means I had to prepare and have it ready on the sixth day to be completely rested to do what God wants me to do. So what is this day? How do you get to this point of resting? Why, why is there even a Sabbath? And what day does it even fall on? Now, we know on the calendar that, that Saturday was the Sabbath 
But the early church began to worship on Sundays, the first day of the week, because that's the day that Jesus got up out of the grave. That's why we worship on Sundays, even 2,000 years later. The early church said, we're going to gather on the day that our Lord and Savior got up, and that's the day we're going to worship. We don't have to worship on the Sabbath. We're going to do it on, on Sunday morning. So it's, can, which day is it? What if you got a two-day week? Like, how do you pick this? Well, Jesus says in Mark chapter 2, he says, Sabbath was made for man. It was given. God gave it for you. God gave you the Sabbath for you, not man for the Sabbath. So he gave you this. So this is a gift that God wants you to do. What am I supposed to do on the Sabbath? Before we figure out how do we even get to that point, what am I supposed to do? Well, here's what you're supposed to do. Here's some things that God wants you to do on the Sabbath. He wants you to rest your body. Maybe the most holiest thing that you can do on your Sabbath is take a nap. Some of you have permission to do that now. Some of you like, my husband, he's been doing nap time all day, every day. <laughs> okay, that's another sermon. We'll get to that later. But maybe he, what he wants you to do is he wants you to rest. He wants you to rest. Well, you've worked all week. You've, you, you've tired. He wants you to rest. And you know what? Most of us don't rest on our day off. Why? We're catch up. We gotta catch up to do the things that we don't have time to do and it's catch up day and therefore we are not resting. You gotta figure out how do I rest? How do I take time and say, it's okay, it's okay if I don't do I'm going to rest today and to restore and regenerate myself and my body. He wants you to also refocus your spirit. This is an act of worship where I'm just gonna say, God, you know what, thank you that I'm able to rest. I'm gonna put my thoughts and my mind on you, how you provide, I trust you with my life. I trust you how you take care. I am going to rest and worship you and to renew and to refocus my spirit and also thoroughly to recharge your emotions because listen, working is emotionally draining. See, some of you work so much, you work so hard, you have no emotions. You're so stoic, you have no emotions and then he comes home from work and you wonder why he can't talk. He's like zombied out, I have no more emotions. I'm like, have no, I have, there's no margin here, there's nothing, I have nothing left. And she has like, what, 20,000 words left for the day, right guys? And like, there's nothing left. To, to give, why? Because you're so emotionally, you know, un, unstable because why? you've worked so hard you, and there's nothing wrong with working hard. And absolutely you should. The Bible says to work hard and to do everything unto the Lord. But where's this point where we're gonna come back and recharge and re, recharge ourselves emotionally and spiritually and to rest? But we can't, why? Because it's a day to catch up. And I think about this all the time when the greatest weapons of the enemy is to keep you busy because if he can keep you busy, watch this, he'll keep you tired. And you know what happens when you get tired, don't you? I see some of you elbowing right now. You right? Like you don't want to, you do, when you're tired, you get cranky, you get irritable, no one wants to be around you, and the devil's like, that's exactly what I want. So I'm gonna keep you busy with these lies. You don't have enough time to do it. If you just had more time, gosh, if I just had more time. Hey, it's just a season, it's just a busy season. You're in the season right now, it's no big deal. Hey, this is really, 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 really important. Really, really important. And it's an endless cycle over and over and over. Busy, tired, busy, tired, busy, tired. And one day you'll wake up and everything that you wanted to write, it's gone. And you're like, how did I get to this point? Your heart, you're stressed, you're anxious, you're worried, all because you don't take time to recharge and refocus your heart and your spirit. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And look what I will give you rest. Psalms 127, it is useless for you to work so hard early in the morning to late at night, anxiously, stressing out, working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved one. He wants you to rest. He wants to give you rest. But you're so anxiously working all the time, busy, 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 busy. 
See, the Bible calls those who don't work lazy, but those who won't rest disobedient. We don't wanna be disobedient no more. We wanna figure out how do I build this plan that I can get to the point where I can actually take a Sabbath. Now, here's what I know. You're saying, dude, that'll be awesome. How do I do that? Like, how do I get to the point in my life where I can do that? Like, I really could just rest. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Some people, are, like, like for you, maybe like restoring your body or your mind is charging as you're going hiking and you wanna go on a hike and you like getting outdoors, that's awesome. Maybe like my buddy Warren, he wants to fish. That's, that's recharging. Like I, I can go with that one, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna get out on the day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. For some of you, you love getting in the garden and you get out in the garden and it just rejuvenates you and you love it and it brings energy. It don't deplete you, it actually restores you. Some of you just wanna sit back with a book and you wanna read and you're just like, I just love this. I can get escape in this moment for just for a second. Like, I don't know what that is for you. You have to find out how God has wired you, but what recharges you, not drain you. And on the Sabbath, there should be things that rejuvenate, to recharge you emotionally and spiritually and relationally with people around you, not drain you. But most of us, we don't have that day. How do we get there? How do I get to the point, and listen, it won't happen overnight, but how do I get to the point where I can start building in the Sabbath into my life, where I can, I can do these things? Here's the second thing you gotta do. This is the big guardrail, so his leads up to it. You have to create margin. You have to create margin. Most of us have absolutely no margin. What is margin? Margin is the space between my load and my limit. That's the margin. Some of you, you think you're Superman, you can fix all things, fix all people, you got to figure out, you, got the, you have everybody's problems already solved, and you feel like you've gotta be the one to carry that burden, you gotta fix everything, everyone, all times, everything. You have a solution for every single problem. Listen, there's a limit, and I realize this, I have a limit, and I also have a load. The margin is the space between the two. To, to not be able to carry everything that I think that I should or could carry, but only to carry the things that God wants me to carry. I have to create margin in my life. Margin is breathing room, right? We gotta have margin physically, so I have enough to give. I don't wanna wear myself out that I don't give it to my family or the people around me. I gotta figure that out physically. How do I have some margin or spiritual in my life? So when temptation comes, I've got some margin there that I know how to battle this, that I'm not so drained spiritually because I've rejuvenated emotionally. So I'm able to give it to my, my wife and my children the emotional capacity that they need and not just be exhausted and, and, and drained all the time. Financial margin, you know this, right? You know this, you need financial margin. Like, you need it. Like, I, I talked about this before, and I'm just not political, it's not get to it, and how you feel about it, but how, how, the, how we got a stimulus and the government help people and, and provide for people and, and help people make it. But think about this, if that never happened, would you have had the financial margin to survive, to make it. Most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and a lot of them behind one paycheck. Like there's no more, and you would say, you need financial margin. I guarantee you every single person watching this, you would say, you know what, that's right, go with Joe saying on this one, you need financial margin in your life. But just as you need financial margin, watch this, you need physical, you need emotional, you need spiritual margin in your life so when those times come, when the season or the extra late night comes, guess what? I've got the energy now to do that. I got the emotional capacity now to do that. You need these margins in your life, every single one of us. And here's what margin does. It gives you time for yourself. It'll give you time for other people. It'll give you time to rest. It'll give you time for interruptions. It'll give you time for delays. And here's a big one. Watch this. Margin will give you time when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you have the time to do it. 
Because for a lot of us, the Holy Spirit prompts us to do stuff and because we're always busy, one, we don't hear it, or two, we do hear it, but we're so late or we're so much in a hurry, we don't have time to, when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to take time, I want you to bless that person, I, I, I can't, I gotta get the kids late because I gotta figure out the circus over here, how to get the three schools back and around. I, I don't have time, I, somebody else will do it. And because you're so busy, you'll miss what God has for you. But we wear it as a badge of honor, I'm busy. As in, that means you're productive. What does that even mean? Now when somebody says, man, I'm always busy, I'm like, dude, you're broken. How do we fix that? How do we slow down that you don't have to always be busy? Well, I'm really not that busy. What I mean is I'm working 37 hours a week. Well, what do you mean busy? <laughs> okay, why do you say you're busy? You see, when you get pushed back, it's just in your words. It's just how you're supposed to say it because you don't want people to think you're not busy. Like, so how busy are you, bro? What's going on? Well, I'm just working, you know, eight to four. Oh, anything? No, I'm just kind of go home and cut grass. And just, oh, so you're really not busy. But you've got this mindset that you think you have to be. Let's talk about that. See how we just talk, begin to help one another? If you want to figure out how do I grant some margin in my life, here's what I want you to do. If you take your phone out and you go to settings, and when you get to settings, you scroll down the screen time, and right there, I just gave you four hours of your time back. You know why we're so busy? We're busy on this. And like, I just don't have time. I don't have time to work on my marriage. I don't have time to spend with my kid. Oh, six hours screen time a day? Uh-oh. You're busy. And if you're putting eight hours, six hours of screen time on your phone, you're broken. And you wonder why you have no margin to spend with your spouse, your kids, to learn something new to grow in your faith. I'm busy. I don't have time to get in a group. You could have six groups a week for the six hours of one day you're spending on your phone. Look at that, what? You see what I'm saying, you see what I'm saying? So we got this, I just don't have time, I, my calendar's busy, I'm scheduled. Look, there's ways to create margin in your life. I love what Paul writes in Ephesians 5, 16. He says, make the most of your time. We don't do that. We don't make the most of our time. In fact, we waste our time and we blow our time. Why? If I wanna create a Sabbath, if I wanna get to the point, maybe your Sabbath is on Tuesdays because that's the day you're off and you work on the weekends and Thursdays is your day off, I have no idea. You have to figure that is what it is for you. But the main reason why, if you want a Sabbath, if you want a Sabbath, you've got to create margin. And listen to me, how do I create margin? How do I do that? And this was a big one. You've got to learn to say no. If you'll begin to learn to say no, you'll begin to create some margin. As you begin to create margin, you'll begin to get in your space where you can create a time where you can rejuvenate yourself, renew your energy, renew your mind, renew yourself spiritually. When you begin to say no, here's the problem, we can't say no. We gotta be at everything. Every kid has to be in every single sport. Could you imagine we got a four kids? Could you imagine this? Like, oh my gosh, how would we even make, like what would our life even look like if they're in every sport, everything? Well, I just love my kids and I just want, I love my kids too. That's why I wanna be a dad. I wanna be at home. I wanna be with them. I wanna teach them this thing. I wanna show them that there's more than this life than these things that you're receiving. And and I want to have fun. I want to have friends. But listen to me. Like we can't do all things. We're not gonna let you do all things. See, we gotta learn to start saying no to good things so we can say yes to the best things. And maybe the reason why you can't say no to every birthday party, to every event, to everything is because you really, and this is another whole sermon, you're a people pleaser and you're afraid what people think about you. 
That's another whole topic. But that, that motivates a lot of people the reason they can't say no. I know that. I've counseled them. They've come, I've talked to them. They've got to be this to all things, to all people. What will people think about me if I don't show up? Learn to say no to good things so we start saying yes to the best thing. And listen, Paul says, make the most of your time. Here's the reality is, if you're always busy, it's because you don't value your time. You don't value your time. Listen, I can lose money, but I can make it back. I can lose my job, but I'll find another one. When you lose time, it's gone. There's no getting time back. It is gone. Son, someday, when dads get out of those busy seasons, I'll take you, we'll do that. You know what, right now, this is really, really important. I just don't have time to do everything right now. And then they grow up. And they're gone. And because now you finally made it. You made it to the top. You got to the corporate place or you finally made it where you can retire. And like, where are they? I'm here now, son. And they're gone. Let me tell you what robs you of today. The word someday. And the reason we don't say yes to the good things in our life is because we're saying yes to other things that keeps it from the good things. You've gotta figure out if I wanna get to a point where I can rest and have a Sabbath, I've gotta create margin. The only way to do that is to begin to say no. You know the common denominator that all of us have? Every one of us. We all have 1,440 minutes in a day. You have, you have no more time than I have. As time is calculated, how we manage it, how we schedule it, what we do with it, will determine our effectiveness, our health, our stress, our emotion, our relationships. Let me, I didn't say this in the first service. Start reading the book of Ecclesiastes. The wisest man apart from Jesus who walked the face of the earth, Solomon. And listen to what he wrote about everything that you and I strive for, about everything we think we should live for, about everything we, we try our best to get. It's a very short read, but man, it's so powerful. So powerful. That book alone will cause you to rethink your life, rethink your why, what's feeling you, and then stop and examine what's really the most important things that I'd be focusing my time on. And you know what's even crazy? Jesus said no, like a lot. Like everybody wanted Jesus to be in all things and all things, and he actually said no. I want you to read this in Mark 1. It said in verse 35, it says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Why? Father, what's your agenda today? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? See, we're so busy, we don't even spend time with our Heavenly Father who woke us up this morning, gave us breath this morning, who knows everything's gonna happen today. Why would I not tap into him and say, God, what do you want me to do? Later, Simon Peter and the others went out to find him, and when they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. Everyone wants you to come to the party. Everyone's expecting you to be there. Everyone wants you this. Everyone wants your time. When he says everyone, he means everyone. That's not like, that's literally thousands of people. Heal me, help me, take me, bless me, show me. Come on, come to my house. Come here with me. Come, like they're all over. Everybody was inviting him. Everybody wanted to be around him. He's the son of God. Listen to what's going on in his life. And look what Jesus says in verse 38. We must go on to other towns as well, AKA, no. 
I'm not going there. I'm not going to that place. I'm not going there with you. Jesus said no. Why? Because I will preach to this other town as well. And watch this, watch this. This is why I came. Let me tell you, Jesus knew his purpose. And because he knew his purpose, he knew how to say no to things that may distract him from his purpose. Good things, but this is where I'm heading. You know why most of us are so busy? I'm gonna be very frank with you. It's because you don't know your purpose. You have no idea why God puts you on this playground we call planet Earth. And you know what's sad? Most people go to their grave and they have no idea why they were born. What's your purpose? You can't choose your generation. You can't choose your skin color. You can't choose your nationality. You can't choose the, the family you're born into. God in his sovereignty placed you right now at such a time as this for a purpose. Do you know what that is? I promise it's not your paycheck. Do you know what it is? And until you discover why God placed you here, you will be busy doing everything you can, feeling it because you have no idea what the meaning of your life is for. But when you discover what that purpose is, guess what happens? I can begin to say no to things, good things, because that's not gonna take me in a step in direction what God wants me to do with my life. Let me go back like I said in the beginning. You have enough time every day to do exactly what God wants you to do. The question is, do you know what that is? Have you discovered that yet in your life? And when you do, you'll become a healthier of you. And watch this, when you're healthy, most likely, everybody else around you is gonna get healthy. So why don't you choose to get better? Why don't you choose to get healthy? Why don't you choose to live the better life? Do what God has created you to do. So you would have less stress. Less stress means more peace. More peace means more rest. More rest means a healthier you. Healthier you is a better life. Abundant life, a full life. You know what the problem is? Most people are not living a full life. They're living a full calendar. You have the power to fix it. You have the power to change it. So here's my final charge. Guard your Sabbath so that you can experience a better life. I'm gonna ask if you would to bow your heads. Fitting here for Labor Day weekend, I don't know what your schedule's like, but I pray sometime between now and tomorrow, you will stop and just say, you know, I need to reevaluate my purpose, reevaluate my calendar, I need to sit down with my spouse and we start saying, hey, what can we begin to say no to? So we say yes to great things like family time, date night, working on our marriage, working on our finances, planning, budgeting, resting. Yes, all these things will ultimately lead you to a healthier, better life. And here's the crazy thing, it is your choice. Don't choose busyness. Don't choose it. Choose to get better. And you can do it. Maybe the reason why you don't know your purpose is because you don't know the one who created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And his name is Jesus. And my prayer is for you is today, no matter if you're watching online, one of our campuses, that you'd give your life to him. Like you would surrender to the one who created you. And you could do that right now by crying out to him to say, Jesus, I believe. 
I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today, as best as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me of all my sin and help me follow you for the rest of my life. And if you pray that any of our campus, maybe watch online, right now in the chat below, you can tell us whether you're on Facebook, you're on, doesn't matter, let us know. We just wanna celebrate with you. Host is gonna come out just in a moment and share with you the next steps that you can take. Take the next step. We wanna help you ultimate experience this abundant life, a full life, a better life you've ever dreamed of. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how relevant it is. I pray, Lord, that we would just for a moment slow down Focus our attention on you, how much you love us, your purpose for us, the design you made of us, that we will fulfill that, Lord. Not stressed, not worried, not in fear, but with peace. Knowing that we're saying no to good things and saying yes to the best things in our lives. Give us the courage to make the changes that we need, the boldness to step out and trust you. And we'll always give you the glory and we'll always give you the praise. For it's your name we ask and pray.